and welcome to the 15th episode of the fourth season of Plebs on Footy Podcast. I'm your host, Rory O'Kane. As always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. God, this is a strange feeling, Banjo. What, what the hell is going on? I'm so used to seeing your ugly face in front of me. And right now I'm staring at some blackness on a Skype screen and trying to figure out what the hell's going on. This is this is really weird. Yeah, this is a the seriously first time ever the Plebs on Footy Podcast has gone international. Uh, we're currently, well, I'm recording from uh, not sunny New York, it's nighttime, but New York... I didn't, yeah, I didn't even know where you were in the US, actually. It's New York, is it? Are you there for the whole yeah. time or what? Uh, I'm heading to Washington tomorrow for about a week and then back here for a wedding. So it'll be good. Okay. <laughs> so why did you decide to take the full three weeks? Uh, like, well, I wasn't only going to go for two weeks. Got to extend it. I'm unemployed. May as well take the opportunity to get a, get a good holiday in. Oh, there's no basketball to watch or anything now. Though, yeah, man. I know. So what are you really going to do there? Is there any sport going on in the US at the moment? Yeah. Baseball. Yeah, so it's you're not going to go to the baseball, I absolutely am. I'm not going to the US and not oh, going to sport. It's just uh, not happening. It's a baseball's moral... at... Baseball is absolute rubbish, though. Yeah, I'm going to be going tomorrow to... Uh, not tomorrow. I'm going to be going to a game in Washington, I think, and a game in New York. I've got to go to Yankee Stadium or something like that. got to check it out. Too yeah, much you Scott. You should have gone two weeks ago. Then you would have been away for the buy rounds, you know, not missing too much footy. And, hey, it you, you, still you, is a buy round, Scott. Yeah, but there's only one left. And then you'll have two <laughs> weeks of actual footy that you won't be watching. And I'll have to be every week informing you on what's happening in the football world. Yeah, it'll which be is a, real a role reversal. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame considering I don't watch football anymore. No, no, no. I actually I watched quite a bit this week. So I'm, gonna I'm celebrate proud of you. Back. As soon as you I finish did. your legal stuff, back on the horse. Yeah, so I didn't see Friday night. Also, uh, no, no game for Melbourne to lose this week. Yeah, so I, I felt a bit better about things. So next week, I won't <laughs> be watching anything again. But anyway, I suppose let's get into the pod. I suppose it's time to get into everyone's favourite segment. The, uh, the segment uh, is Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. The title derives from the line in Happy Gilmore, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit? And we give three, two and one votes for the most meaningless games of the round, ordinarily. But this time, during the buys, we only give one game the gold jacket, green jacket. And you're doing well during the buy rounds, Banjo. Yep. You've gone back Racking to back. the votes up. So I uh, hate to break it to you, but for gold jacket, green jacket this week, we have GWS defeated North Melbourne by 23 points. So to those teams, we say... Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? Can I just say, I'm 10,000 miles away, and that spiel is just as boring as if I was right next to you. <laughs> Mate, it's classic is what it is. It's not boring. <laughs> Speaking of boring, though, so I look, I, look, this was a game which I didn't watch, Banjo. I have to be perfectly honest with you. you I kept missed, thinking, yeah, the first half was probably the best half of football I've seen in an off game all year in a competitive standpoint. What? Really? Yeah, like not, 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 not North's best performance, but in terms of like the best quality of game that North's been involved in, that first half was awesome. It was incredibly physical. It was 45 apiece, so it was really tight, pretty high scoring. Um, goals had to be earned, and, yeah, it was just awesome. But then we got blown out in the second half. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I did just keep checking the scores out of pure anxiety, <laughs> absolute <laughs> that fear that you might get away with it. And then, and then I, like, I did keep having to remind myself, he's not in the country. He's not in the country. It won't be too bad <laughs> if they get away with it. But they did end up winning it pretty comfortably. It was, it was over by... Was it three-quarter time or just after three-quarter time? Uh, probably a bit before three-quarter time, to be honest. Uh, they kicked okay. about seven goals in a row. Um, they just smashed us in the middle. Their, their clearance work was unbelievable. Um, Taranto, Hopper, and 
uh, Duranto, Hopper, Kelly, and Cornelia all had massive numbers. And just, yep. it, we couldn't go with them. Um, Goldie got beaten in the ruck. Cunnington got tagged out of the game by DeBoer and just no Higgins. So we were undermanned to begin with. We'd only got two A-grade midfielders anyway. And if you lose one of them, it gets real thin. And yeah, they just beat us in the cold face. But we were actually, we set up really well behind the ball. Um, Scott Thompson played a blinder in the first half. Robbie Tarrant was good all day. But um, Is he coming good again there, Robbie Tarrant? Yeah. Because you were really like, negative on him at the start. Yeah. First five rounds, I sort of I'd given up, but I think he's got his body right. I found his form because he's been excellent since then. Like hasn't put a foot wrong. He's like he's belted Tom Lynch, belted your boy Aaron Norton. Um, did a job on Jeremy <laughs> Cameron this week, <laughs> so he's been really, really good for a good couple of months now. But um, yeah, and four to the ball, we were fine, but we just didn't have enough opportunities. We had. I think heaps of inside 50s, but they were really, they were Melbourne-esque inside 50s because... Um, oh, no, sort of, you don't want that. <laughs> no, they were just sort of hack kicks after, like, rebounding from pressure. So it, was, it wasn't a great display. But when when there was, I don't know, decent ball use going into it, the forwards looked dangerous. It was just the midfield just got smashed. Yeah, their, their midfield does bat fairly deep, doesn't it? It's, it's pretty... <laughs> they didn't even have bloody Whitfield. <laughs> I, all, who yeah, true. Has a claim yeah. to being the best of them. All of their gun midfielders started. Kelly thirty five and a goal. Taranto thirty and a goal. Hopper twenty nine and a goal. Cornelio twenty seven and a goal. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, like, and you can't the, really judge who was the best out of those players. Like no. they've all got an argument to make. Yeah, and then you've yeah. got great performances from Zach Williams at twenty eight and a goal, and Toby yeah. Green at twenty and three. Like yeah. they just had so much clear talent wins on the field to compare to us and that was really where they got us they just you know a better team <laughs> and when i heard bits and pieces on the radio they're really positive about delidio as well i was saying they thought yeah, he really he broke the game so open in the third yeah his um his his marking overhead was fantastic he was sort of working as a hit up forward um because sort of uh finlayson was hobbled for most of the game wasn't really moving well at all and cameron was yeah beaten out of it um, and Himmelberg started playing deeper as sort of a change-up in the second half, which meant Delidio had to sort of be that high half-forward that works as a marking target, and he did it really mm-hmm. well. So yeah, well, it look... a really it'll, positive sign for GWS. He'll be injured in a, in a week or two, but that does make it slightly more scary, Sorry, doesn't that's it? That's a good reach. But look, that was Gold Jacket Green Jacket. Let's move on, because there actually is a lot of football to talk about this week, a lot of controversy, there is a lot, a lot of, of weird, weird stuff going on in the football world. Ah uh, yeah, forgot that that's my job to move on. Adelaide defeated Richmond <laughs> by thirty-three points. Uh, yeah, I'm out of out of sorts, just off a plane. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get it all back. <laughs> jet lag going well? <laughs> yeah, just jet lag going well. I'm about to fall asleep. But anyway, uh, yeah, this game Adelaide kept Richmond in it for way too long. I would actually be pretty pleased with this performance if I was Richmond. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I mean, the, it, well, you could easily isn't the right word, but content, I guess. Yeah, you could easily make an argument that the game was dominated by Adelaide and Adelaide were always going to win it and we were just kind of waiting for that moment for it to break open and then Richmond just managed to hold on for long enough to make it kind of interesting and then in the end it was like, ah, oh, yeah, Adelaide are much better. But yeah. you have to give credit to Richmond. They were really uh, clinical the way that they went forward. They really made the most of all their chances. Their pressure around the ball was great. Um, but yeah, no, Adelaide... 
there's there's real like positivity growing around Adelaide at the moment with uh, all the media talk. They just don't which have is, the polish at the moment for me to believe it though. This this positivity it still hasn't grown through like a good performance where you're like, oh yeah, Adelaide are really good. It's just grown through like weight of numbers being like, look, they're sitting pretty well on the ladder. They're winning enough games. They're sort of chugging along through. And eventually yeah. you're like, well, if you look at their draw, there's a fair chance they'll finish top four. And then you kind of have to be positive about them. But I, I just can't see him winning a flag. I just yeah, can't it's a real weird happening. one. They kind of remind me of Geelong to the last few years where they were thereabouts. You kind of knew they'd wind up top four, but you just always had your doubts because nothing or they seem to do. Yeah, exactly. Both those sides. There's nothing they seem to do makes the game easy anymore. It, it's really weird. Everything's a scrap and they should be better than that. And I'm, I'm really quite disappointed with them, even though they are now fourth. With a pretty good yeah. percentage, yeah. Like you, ha- if you're saying you're disappointed, you like you have to say that's a disappointment from a coaching point of view. Because yeah, <laughs> we've seen they they can play a certain style of footy, which is very very good, and they did a couple of years ago. And it, it, there's a clear direction now, and it's been going for far too long that they are trying to be defensive. That they, they yeah. always have extra numbers at the stoppage, always, and it's really weird because they've found a few players. So the developmental side of things has gone really well. Alex Keith is having a great year. Cam Ellis Yolman's really stepped up. Absolutely. But there's just so many parts of it that just are breaking down from a sort of tactical ball movement perspective. They, they were fantastic at two years ago, and there shouldn't really be a reason that's changed. Yeah, early in the year, there were a few poor performances by them. And we looked at it, and we, we saw that they lost by quite a lot. And then we looked at the stats, and we were like, Oh, geez, all of their midfielders got big numbers. Cause, like That's yeah. the way they're playing. They're getting the ball in tight and they have a lot of contested ball players who are getting lots of the ball, but then they're just not finishing and they're keeping teams in games, which they did with Richmond. In the end, you have to say, oh, fair enough, they blew them away in the end. But they are te- keeping teams in games longer than they perhaps should due to the way that they're, the way that they're playing. Kind of similar to Melbourne in some ways last year. Yeah, and, that, and a bit we, of the Ross Lyon Frio teams as well from when they were making grand finals. Yeah, there's, just, yep, there's a lot of corollaries to teams that didn't weren't quite good enough, and I think that's just where they are, to be honest. But you do look at their list and think like they could be good enough to win a flag, couldn't they? Like they could be. Oh, I but, think the list is talented enough, and I think yeah. what's holding them back isn't really a list perspective, like a list management sort of thing, because. I know Texas form over the last few weeks has been better. Betts has sort of righted the ship and seems to be in better form. Than yeah, God, he keeps cool. kicking those goals when the game's oh. over, though, doesn't he? We'll get, we'll he get. does every week. It's as as the game ends, within a minute afterwards, he kicks some ridiculous goal. It's like, oh, it's party time at the Adelaide Oval. That's what's happening at the moment with Eddie. That's Which, I true. Mean, I hadn't considered that part. Puts of it, a smile on your face. Right. I get it, but he's not he's not winning his team the game by any means. My favourite thing about Eddie's goal this week, and we'll like we'll talk to we'll talk about the Sydney stack thing immediately after. But he definitely ran two more steps closer to the boundary to make that goal more difficult than yeah, he, he did. Like, He's probably more <laughs> chance of kicking it from that. Probably true well. too. But that's he the probably best thing doesn't training. Yeah. yeah, he's just like this is where I'm comfortable from, and no, he had to make it special for Sydney. Yeah, what, but okay, what did you well, think of that though? Like the stack thing? Yeah. Yeah, a lot. Uh, I always think these things are just a massive media beat up. I, I maybe would have had an issue with it if the game was really on the line and it was a match-winning goal or it was yeah. a big goal at a big moment. And I probably would have had an issue with it then. But 
the game was dead. The game was over. And it was just like a, anyone who enjoys football has a smile on their face in that moment. And there's clearly a lot of respect between the two of them. Yeah. Sydney Stack played really, really well and was really competitive throughout the game. I mean, if he had, a, again, another thing which maybe would have made it uncomfortable if he'd had a bad performance and he hadn't seemed like he was caring and then that happened. Yeah, but he was yeah. somebody who played really well. It was a good like battle at times between the two of them. And then in the end, it's a lost bit of respect. And like, you know, I, 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 I quite enjoyed it, to be honest. Yeah. If anything, if anything, it made me feel a bit warm inside. Yeah, I agree entirely. But what annoys me the most, I think the whole controversy has been a media bit up to. Because the only person I've actually heard say anything negative about it was Gary Lyon doing a, oh, yeah, it wasn't great sort of thing after the game when he just was mm. doing it to be a point of difference, really. Like, there was no chorus of people complaining yeah, about true, it or actually. anything. But that's the bit that annoys me. Like, I'm fine if there was a controversy to talk about it as though it's a controversy and have these arguments about it. But there's no argument to be had. Everyone seems to have thought it was fine or great. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a weird... Tales. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weirdly, it's become like a talking point on every media show. But when they get to it, they're always like, oh, yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> like, they all have the same yeah. opinion. So what are you talking about? They, they just, they, just they a clear example. Yeah, exactly. It's a clear example of them looking for controversy. And that's how they yeah. run trying the to, mm, Trying to make a story out of nothing. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very true. But anyway, uh, let's move on. Or do you have more points? What, what, what's the update on Jenkins? At the moment, four weeks a month. Four weeks, is it? Yeah, okay. That Which so bad? It was exactly like Seedsman's, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, extreme. It's, is it the same injury? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it, it probably would be. But oh, like Jenkins, Jenkins was so gross because of the way it happened. Yeah. Throwing his leg out to well. Yeah, that was he's weird. Playing, it's almost like he's playing. He seems different to what he's been in previous years. It almost looks like. In the past, they had such a great ball movement that he was able to get on the end of so many easy goals over the yeah, top. Yeah, he's and having stuff. to come at the ball now, isn't he? It's almost as if he just forgot how to be a key forward during that period, and then he's had a bit of time in the sample. He's come back in, and all of a sudden, he's, he's like monstering players. Like I, I, the one which stands out to me, and look, I know it was only Oscar McDonald, but he kicked the goal against <laughs> Melbourne where he just like stood up in a tackle and threw it on the boot because he was just so strong. But he's been doing stuff like that since then. He's actually like he's like a monster key forward now in the way that he's playing. It's almost he just forgot how to be physical, and now he's crashing packs and looks like a yeah. much much better player. Yeah, they've definitely changed what they need from him, and he's actually lifted to it. I'm not entirely sure he should have been spent should have spent that time in the sample, but yeah, you can't I really argue with the results at this point because it seems to have worked because his games have changed. So yeah, yeah well done to Don Pike. It'll be interesting to see if the same thing happens with Gibbs if and when he comes back in. But yeah, uh, Gibbs has clearly been mismanaged though. In and out, in and out, in and out. Mm. Never. It sounds as if they. I think they're saying now they're going to keep him in the sample for a little while. I've heard. Yeah. So Alex will be pretty upset about his fantasy team, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll all be happy. But anyway, let's move on. Life. Let's move on to more controversy with Kane Corn's call of the week, where we mm. identify a massive call made. Just stir up some controversy and then make one of our own. Uh, guess who made it this week, Scott? Ah, oh, man, he's really stepped up this week. He has. Is he got like he, three and four? It's it was good yeah. numbers from him. He it, stepped it up has, over the buy rounds like North Melbourne has for Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. 
it, it has been a week of controversy, but he's just absolutely frothed it this week. He's just gone to town, and we picked out our favourite Kane Corns call. Of the, like he, our favourite call that he made this week is what ended up getting the getting the nod. Yeah, we we had it. We had multiple options. Uh, we started with uh, should Stratton be uh, stripped of his captaincy? It was like, no, that's that's too that's too. That's not fun enough. The th- I have to say, the thing which I loved about that one was that was something which, like, with, with the pinching, it was just like a build-up of controversy where everyone was trying to, like, outdo themselves. And it's like, <laughs> Kane was like, nah, this is my moment. I have to go harder than everyone yeah, else. So the lesson is don't mess with Kane in those moments. He's always going to outdo you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, what we went with was uh, Freer were arrogant after their win over Port. And you've got the details of this. Yeah, well, during their win over Port, it was oh, something which... Oh, look, there was, there's basically been three moments highlighted out of the game which Kane has looked at and decided that Freo were getting arrogant without cause of being arrogant. Uh, with, blah, without cause for being arrogant. <laughs> the first one being uh, Nathan Fife's rubbing of Robbie Gray's head after... Like, Robbie Gray gave away, like, a nothing free kick. It was one of those little shoves that you do and it hit him slightly high and then they're like, oh, we have to give him a free kick. Was that never rubbed Michael, Michael Walters? Yes, yeah. That was the most pathetic free kick I've ever seen. Michael Walters yeah. hit him in the head. Yeah. That was yeah. unbelievable. It was a, it was a very small retaliation, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, Fife gave him a bit of a rub on the head. Then there was Jesse Hogan when uh, Ryan Burton took quite a courageous mark and Jesse Hogan's running back with a flight. And I think he gave away a free kick in the end and then he did some sign to say, oh, you heard footsteps. So trying to be, you know, intimidate him a little bit. And then there was uh, Michael Walters giving a kiss to an opponent after he kicked a goal. But... He's looking at them and he thinks them as a whole shows that they've been a bit arrogant. But to be Every honest, one like... One of those things happens all the time. They, like, there's such yeah. minor incidents. I, look, I don't like the head rub. I never have. So I didn't yeah, like the fact everyone that... everyone does it. It, like, it does happen quite a bit. It happens too much. But the other stuff, like... Walters had the right to do whatever the hell he wanted <laughs> the way he was yeah. playing. He's, <laughs> when he was just... When you and have 25, you're getting away with a lot. But, and he, he's just enjoying how hot he is at the moment. Like, he was in a situation where he just couldn't miss. He could just do whatever the hell he wanted. It was a thing. He was just enjoying it. And he celebrated every goal well. And, like, that's fine. Hogan's one was just one of those incidents that happens. Like, it, it, I don't look at it and think those three things are, like, a sign of a culture within Fremantle. They were just, like, individual incidents that happened to happen on a day and doesn't mean shit, really. But, you know, Kane's always going to try to make a big deal out of everything. So... Yeah, it's um, it's just classic Kane. I love it. He's just cracked the shits because Port lost. Really, like, yeah, yeah. You had that. He does it on. every time. <laughs> it's it's the it's the easiest way to get a Kane Corns take for us is to just wait till Port lose, and there'll be something outrageous <laughs> out of his mouth about the team they played. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I honestly, I, yeah, I hadn't thought of that angle until you raised. I'm like, yeah, he is just having a bitch. He would be a bit grumpy about that loss. Uh, uh, yeah, but let's get to mine. So I'm doing your first, are you, Ben? I'm moving on. Taking taking control from New York. Hawthorne Essendon is the most boring fixture imaginable. (laughs) What do you mean? Okay, well, like Hawthorne are boring. Yes, no one denies that. But Essendon are an exciting team. We've always talked about Essendon. Name me a more boring fixture. And don't just Hawthorne Fremantle, Hawthorne North Melbourne. Hawthorne, uh, who are, Adelaide, they're bloody boring at the moment. No, Hawthorne, not. Any, Hawthorne versus any shit team like Gold Coast or St Kilda. No, uh, because those have interest for being Carlton. so shit. No, no come this on. This is two of the most middle-of-the-road sides. 
There's a rivalry there, Banjo. There is such a fake, boring rivalry. Who cares if they had a punch? Oh, no, it's not. It's not fake. Oh, no, there is a genuine hatred between those teams. I'm not saying that meant anything for this game, but there is a rivalry. I could not care less. This is the game that makes me want to fall asleep the most. It just says no other game that would makes me revile just as much as this game. I just, just I don't understand why you've gone with this with Essendon. Like I, we've always said I, Essendon are quite an exciting hard uh, running. No, I you've always agree. agreed with that. They're quite bold in the way that they move the footy. Yeah, I just not boring. Just so boring. Did you watch I, any of the game? No, you didn't. No, but I had things on Banjo. I, I, I would have watched it. I was maybe. there. <laughs> yes, neither of us actually watched it. But like, I, I accept uh, I, that... I, I had my bre- breakfast in front of it and watched a quarter. Oh, okay. well, I accept that it was a boring game, but I think that's just kind of any Hawthorne game at the moment. That's purely Hawthorne-based, and it would have been more boring if they played a lot of other teams. No. No, I don't it's know. This, this, so this... boring. I've never been interested by that game. This was a weird one for me, Banjo. But anyway, <laughs> speaking of weird ones, it's time for mine. Uh, I wanted to jump on. There's so many controversies this week. I wanted to jump on one of them and give uh, give my thoughts on them. Mm-hmm. I think the whole pinching gate or whatever you want to call it, I think we've missed out on who the real villain is in that controversy. I, I think Orazio needs to stop having a bitch. He got bloody pinched, mate. Grow up a little bit. He's just got a little pinch. Really? like. Same as bloody Boomer Harvey a few years ago. When he was, oh, no, he pinched me. He's outraged <laughs> from you. Clearly Crowley pinched, Crowley pinched everyone every week. So has Stratton. Stratton's been doing it for weeks. No one else has had a bitch about it. It's just because Orazio decides to chirp up and complain about it. And all of a sudden, everyone's jumping onto it. It's just a little pinch. Grow up, Araz. I used to I... quite like him. I cannot believe you've taken this. As soon as this <laughs> happened, I was like, vindication for Boomer. Pinching is bad. Crowley was a shit. And you no, just, no. just taken, you've taken the villain side, oh, Scotty. He's pinching Sorry, me. Oh, no, he's pinching he's me. Got, oh, stop having a bitch around. It's got nothing to do with the game. You thought my take was bad. This is so much better. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no. Marazio needs to stop having a, having a win. <laughs> Let's move on to the game in question where Essendon defeated Hawthorne by 19. This was such a boring game. How did this not make it to Gold Jacket, Green Jacket? Uh, Look, it was considered, but obviously... Pretty much, yeah. Pinch game, but it comes into quite a lot of the formula. It creates media interest. There's injuries and reports. It comes into it in quite a few different ways. But has anyone actually talked about this game outside of... A, it was boring, and B, there was pinching. No, why would you? <laughs> Neither of these teams are going to impact the season. There's, like, it's not... Oh. If, if Hawthorne had a one, Warsfold would have been closer to getting sacked, but they didn't. Like, it, what's I there mean, to talk about? It keeps Essendon in touch. They're only a game out of the eight with, an, with a pretty reasonable percentage. Like, yeah, it's not... Well, one of those teams, it feels like they are losing track of being able to play finals and that happened to be Hawthorne so it was a for an Essendon supporter that would be a big win it'd be a you take a deep breath it'd be a big sense sigh of relief that our season's still alive yeah I guess and Richmond are very vulnerable Brisbane could be vulnerable yeah I guess there are spots in the eight and it's not like Port and St Kilda have much better claims to being in the eight than they do god the bottom of the eight looks weak that's yeah it does actually where in previous years, there's been a big like bottle and we've been like, oh, gee, all of these teams could make it. At the moment, it feels like someone's going to stumble in there. 
Yeah, it's yeah, going to fall ass first into the eight. Well, I think that's yeah. probably because I'm a bit more confident about the top sort of five, six, really. Those yeah, six sides yeah. seem to be cut above. But uh, anyway, that's it for that game, I guess. No, well, pretty pretty much Essendon just had a lot more firepower. They actually had a few highlights occasionally and moments where they broke the game open. Where Hawthorne... Yeah, McKenna was really good, who I will concede is probably yep. exciting. Must be the Irish in him. Sad is exciting. Orazio is exciting, even though he has a little bitch about being pinched. They've got a lot of exciting <laughs> players. The package, although he's perpetually injured at the moment. Tipper, come on, mate. Hey, Tipper didn't kick a goal and they won. That's a yeah, big thing. Yeah, no, that is a big story. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving Sicily forward clearly didn't work for Clarko. Um, no, why would enough. you do that? What, that's a yeah. ridiculous idea. Come uh, no, on, Clarko, you're better than forward. that. I reckon he's just so lacking in forwards that he thought he just, because Sicily's one of his best players, he's going to be better than Mitch Lewis. Yeah. And I think that's all it was. But it just didn't work. They really need to address that. Wingard, who's out, just wasn't looking good either. They clearly need forward half talent. They just need talent across the park. They are so threadbare. Do they have the worst list in the competition? Uh, as oh, they got no, you you make some big call on someone having the worst list in the competition every year. I don't remember who you did it with last year. Probably, That's I think, extreme. I think it was Hawthorne. <laughs> and don't feel like the have yeah probably, but having Mitchell out. Is, yeah, that's massive. Like, that, like the, when you look at their midfield with Mitchell in, it's like, it's not great, but it's got a bit there. Now yeah, it's, it's, it's well, without it, it's a massive, massive difference without having Mitchell. Yeah. Huge. I don't know. There's not many sides I'd want less, want their list less than. Yeah. Maybe Melbourne. It's not great. And they don't have, I mean, apart from maybe Warple, they don't really have anyone here like, oh, yeah, he's going to lift and all of a sudden we're going to be good. Like, what no, do you think of their team? Forever. The players you still kind of rely on to be like, no, they're not too bad as you talk about like a Gunston or a Bruce or something. But, yeah. you know, they're not exactly spring chickens. So closer to the end than the beginning. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, they're not, they're not looking great. And lo- losing to Essen at the moment isn't, isn't ideal. But yes. No, not good areas. But anyway, let's move on. So Kilda defeated Gold Coast by four points. That's the third or fourth game in a row between these two sides decided by under a kick. Yeah, is that true? Under yeah. under six points. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Uh, they had the one point game earlier. They had the uh, yep. Jade Gresham yep. sort of pretty much on the siren last year. And then this game. So I think it's three. That's an incredible I- run. But yeah, okay. And like, all, this has got to be the best bad rivalry in the league, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I guess so. I don't think either of those. Maybe Gold Coast next time they play St Kilda will be a bit fired up because yeah, they, they don't want to. All of them. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think St Kilda would particularly care too much about just, that rivalry. They're just embarrassed the fact that they're only winning by a goal. So believe it or not, Banjo, I actually did watch a bit of this game. Wait, I really? Watched... I watched. I think I pretty I'm much watched so the first half and the last like twenty minutes or so. Yeah, I watched a fair chunk of it. And look, it wasn't good. It was not a great game of footy, and it got worse as it went on because it was in like thirty yeah. degree heat. And like at the end, the teams Both were just absolutely cold, dying. Yeah, and it, like it felt like St Kilda were like they had a bit more run in the legs, and then Gold Coast would just find a way to kick a goal to get close again, and then it would be. Like, but like it, it was not a great game. But for me, it just felt like a game of education. <laughs> watching it because like, look Gold Coast I know the least players 
out of that team as any other team in the competition by quite a long way. Like, it's not funny. <laughs> yeah, and then have, she was... have to make a real excuse to want to watch Gold Coast if you're not sort of just bored out of your mind and have nothing <laughs> but, better to do. And then, and then on top of that, it's basically St Kilda seconds at the moment. They're, they're yeah. absolutely decimated. So there was a lot of players for them as well who I didn't know. And probably the biggest standout for me watching a lot of players I haven't seen a lot of before, really like the look of Ben King. Really yeah. like the look of it. He... He really, early on, he really attacked the ball hard in the air, really crashed and packs. His hands looked really strong. And just, he looked like he, he knew how to move as a forward. I was really, really positive about him. He, he looked absolutely cooked by the end. I don't think... Yeah, I, I don't think he's quite got the fitness base yet no. to play AFL football. But I think giving him the exposure is just the right thing to do. No, I, I thought he was super impressive. Lukosius is the other one who you keep an eye on. He's playing really, like... Loose at the moment. He's kind of playing every position. At He's times. almost playing a wing role, sort of the Matthew yeah. Lewis, the Nick Rewalt version of it. It's he spent quite a bit more time way to try and develop them. By the end of the game, it looked like he was spending a bit more time back. He, he looked like a defender, um, and had yeah. a couple of had a couple of pretty poor moments, which was like, oh, yeah, that's a player in his first year. Um, but yeah, like, I'm not. I don't really have too many thoughts on him yet. I, I think it's kind of a wait and see on him. Yeah, um, he's definitely. pretty. He's very skinny and very raw. Although I think uh, uh, King's skinnier. Is he? You reckon? I don't know. I don't, maybe it's just he holds his body stronger. Like he felt maybe. quite strong yeah. in a contest. Um, and I also, I, I am genuinely like, I know he's. I've got him in my fantasy team, but I am quite looking, <laughs> liking the look of Will Brady. He's he's a unit. Yeah, no, he's, he's a real bull. The yeah, problem with him is his uh, ball use. So if he's tidy, yeah. it's really effective. Because well, uh, needs, that's just been the, the critique on him all the way yeah, through. And the way he needs to be earlier. He needs to be good with his hands, I guess. He needs to just get his one wood right and just get his body in yes, there and yes. just be good with his hands. But like he looks really good early. Again, a player who fatigued as the game went on. Um, from like a twenty odd touch, twenty five touches or so. Yeah, he did, but he had, I think he had fifteen at half time, and then didn't oh, have much yeah. influence after that. Um, but look, from a secure point of view, it was pretty much Billings. But we kind of know he's good and has become good this year. He was massive. Um, that oh, yeah. me. He's in my, that, the yeah. dra- draft fantasy side, no games, 170 points, just irrelevant. Why would you spend the best game you're ever going to play now? So frustrating. And that, that goalie kicked from like 55 out in the last quarter. Like that was it, and The game was ugly as by then. Yeah. And then it was just this one moment of just a shining light of, ah, oh, oh, someone can do something good. It on was, it was just talent shining through. He, he yeah. was hard at it too, laying 10 tackles from a wing. That's fantastic work. Yeah, yeah. I'm also, uh, I'm really liking Savage at the moment, the way he's playing as well. There were a few times which he's, uh, he's run through the middle. He'd just find, he'd find a sprint through the corridor and it really like opened the game up for them. He's, he's had a good year as well. Yeah. So it's really nice now that you've watched some footy, Scott. We can actually yeah. talk about it. Yeah, I actually have some idea what's going on. But can I ask you one question, Banjo? Sure. Why are people talking about Richo being in trouble? Alan Richardson? They are probably the worst six and six team ever, though. You got to remember that. But mate, but they've 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 been like they're not a good team, and their injury list is crazy. This week they had about ten players out. They they had a completely new team in. That's that's really. I hundred percent get that, and I tend to agree with you, but they wanted him sacked last year. He survived by the skin of his teeth, and has he shown enough 
to change that narrative. Probably Considering the circumstances, play. yes. But I think he's been... But you've got to must... go through their win, Scott. They beat Gold Coast by a point. Then they beat... Who'd they beat in round two? Then they beat St. Essendon by a They beat Coast twice. Yeah. yeah, by under a kick. They've also... They lost to Frio. But that wasn't that bad a loss now you think about it. Uh, they beat Hawthorne by five points. So they won three games by under a kick. Already. But look, at, look at the expectations on... Like they're not good and they weren't good. And they've been thrown a really, really hard card this year. And they're currently sitting six and six, nearly in the eight. I think I, I think you have to give a massive pat on the back to Richard. I think he's had a great I year. Don't I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but it's just it's been a pretty grim way they've won games. The only really good win they've had is when they flogged you. Yeah, everything else has been by about two. <laughs> <laughs> Beating a real powerhouse team. But the, the only good, like the the next biggest win is by thirteen points over Carlton. But they haven't really been comfortable in any of their wins outside of your game. So that's I, I why it, the narrative is like that. I think in the circumstances, winning at all is a great effort. I, 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 I agree with that, but that's where the pressure's coming from. I think it's unfair. I think it's very unfair. Yeah, don't disagree with you, but yeah. Okay, okay. Anyway, let's move on to the top five. Uh, we've got a different top five each this week because, uh, well, I've been slightly <laughs> preoccupied being on a plane for the last 24 hours, so I don't have my, many other thoughts than uh, the top five movies I watched while yeah. on the plane. And yeah, what, what, are you, I, what are you doing? I, well, I wanted to celebrate the fact that I actually watched some football and can actually talk about the round of footy. So I'm doing my top five best games of the round. Uh, so that, that'd be get us a bit excited about footy. And then you were like, well, I haven't been watching any. So you just do your bloody <laughs> movies top five. Yep. So my, <sighs> the fifth best movie I watched, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Bohemian Grim City, mate. How, how bad was it? <laughs> How it bad? wasn't great. It wasn't great. Oh, it just it was terrible. It just the only bits that were good were the bits where there was just Queen music playing. <laughs> that that was that's my review. The bits I you, liked were when there was music playing. You can't positively review a movie about Queen on the basis that they included Queen music. <laughs> that was the only not, thing they couldn't I'm stuff not up. Positive reviewing, positively <laughs> reviewing it. I'm saying. The bits I liked were in the were in the music bits, and that's all I'm willing to say. It's I'm the most overrated you, movie I've ever seen. If I let you, you will talk about this movie for 45 minutes. <laughs> so we're moving on. What was that, your that's fifth? Ha- that's best happened game? a few times. Well, my fifth. <laughs> after ripping into you about your game, Corn School, my fifth best game was Hawthorn. <laughs> it was so boring. Yeah, look, it wasn't a it wasn't a high standard game of footy, but look, it was close-ish for most of it. And then there were a few little moments from some Essendon players which were slightly exciting. But, uh, yeah, look, it didn't capture your imagination by any means. It was a game that happened and went. And apart from the pinching, I don't think we'll be talking about this for too long. Absolutely. So, look, that, that's my number five. The fourth <laughs> best movie I watched was Aquaman. Already seen it. Nah. It's fine. It's a little bit campy. I only watched five movies, Scott, and it's better than Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> it must have been shit. <laughs> That's fine. It's very campy. It's a very, uh, very, very uh, good-looking B movie, is how I'll describe it. A good-looking anyway. B movie. Fair enough. I, I don't even know. Has that been positively reviewed? I haven't heard anything about Aquaman. It made over a billion dollars. Yeah, well, they all do, don't they? No, they don't. They all make six hundred million. So oh. it was pretty impressive. Oh, I think really, it was... wasn't that successful? I didn't yeah. know that. It's yeah. like the most successful one they've had beyond Wonder Woman, I think. 
Hmm. Anyway, my uh, number four, uh, what we just talked about, I've got uh, Gold Coast and Killer at number four. Which, so I do say that was slightly better than uh, Essendon and Hawthorne. <laughs> I mean, look, it was close. And that's what it had going for. And it was close it was to the end. It was better so than what we thought this ge- that game would be, I will say. Yeah, probably. It was. Look, it was a contest. It was a contest. But early on, it wasn't good. It wasn't terrible. And then by the end, it was really ugly. It, like, it felt like a bit of Melbourne Gold Coast by the end of it. Bit of comedy of errors, then just Jack Billings kicking a nice goal to, uh, to, to seal the game. It's pretty much what happened. So, Which is a better look, a one. Cup- Actually, no, Marty Hall's goal was really nice to seal that game too. Yeah, uh, yeah there you go. Mind. I was, was going to say it was a bit of a difference with class at the end, but got to give credit to Marty. Both in one moment. The third best movie I watched was Once <laughs> Upon a Deadpool. What is Once Upon a Deadpool, you may ask? It is the I have PG already version. <laughs> it's the PG version of Deadpool 2, told as a Christmas fairy tale type thing. It's very odd. It is what the exact mean? same. Yeah. Is it yeah, a cartoon or is it? No, it's um. So is you it know starring the Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. It's the same movie, just like edited differently with like oh. different like cutscenes edited in when he's reading it as a fairy tale with, and without all the blood and swearing. It's very odd. Oh, God. So that, that is the biggest cash grab I've ever heard. Let's yeah. just put slightly more effort into having a slightly different version to it yep. and then I just thought, get double the money. I thought it was going to be like quite different from a plot perspective and I was very disappointed. I actually meant to write... How can you have Deadpool without swearing and action and stuff? I'd had action and stuff, it just had no blood. That's not even a thing. How does that happen? Is that the whole thing of Deadpool? Yes, Ugh. yes, yes, yes. And that's why it was Jeez. disappointing. Yeah, anyway, so you had that at three. So you were really master hate of Bohemian Grim City, which is, which is good to hear. Actually, it was, I just realized Once Upon a Deadpool was supposed to be four, but I misread it. So <laughs> we'll move on. Anyway, what was uh, your three? Uh, my three might be... Slightly controversial. I've got a three. I've got Carlton Bulldogs. I think I think a lot of people might have had it at two. I oh, like interesting. I can't definitely. It was definitely watch it. It was definitely interesting. It was definitely entertaining. It kept you watching, but like it wasn't good footy. I think both teams would be pretty disappointed with the game. Really, I mean, maybe look, Carlton have very very low expectations, yeah, so they might allowed be to be disappointed in a game they lost by three points. But it was like they played about two 15-minute patches of just unstoppable football. And they got utterly flogged outside of that. Like, wouldn't you be a little pissed off that they don't turn it up? Like, there must be some issues structurally in terms of how they're organised and that their base level is shit. And then they just play this manic, over-the-top, ridiculously exciting footy for 15 minutes. And then they still bloody lost the game. Like, I think... Like, having watched it, I came away thinking both teams are pretty bad, that they managed to kind of let the opposition back in as dramatically as they did on all of those occasions. But it was crazy, and it was quite fun to watch, really. You know, you had Kerno's goals, the Carlton crowd were getting into it. but uh, And Libertori yeah. told them to stop crying at the end. Yeah. That was great. It's like, like it, wasn't, it, was, it was entertaining, but it wasn't great footy. <laughs> Fair enough. My number two was Vice. Second time I've watched it. Enjoyed it both yeah, times. Yeah, hey, you've already seen that. You've told me about that. Yeah, I prefer it to the Big Short. It's by the same people. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I like it. I like That's it. That's Christian Bale, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. And he goes Adams all right. That the, he does. 
One thing I will say, Amy Adams does not act. She just plays the same role every single time. The most I like Amy Adams. The most overrated actress going around. No, she gets an Oscar got... no, she gets an Oscar nomination for the same role every single time. And but, I'm sick uh, of it. I suppose with her, she's just got some natural charisma. So I think like people just enjoy watching her. Like I just enjoy watching her. I she I, I warm to her character. Although you're right, she does the same thing every time. But I always warm to it and I'm always drawn to her. So I think that's that's why she's popular, Banjo. I quite like Amy Adams. Fair enough. Anyway. Okay, number two for you. <laughs> number two. I've got Adelaide Richmond at number two. I quite enjoyed the game. I thought there was quite a lot of theatre to it. I enjoyed watching uh, the Adelaide forwards actually get going at times, which was uh, quite exciting for an Adelaide supporter. Yeah, and it was, it was, was just a, It was a real tough game, a real contest, and that allowed a bit of theatre to build into the game. And then by the end, once they blew the game open, it was this real, like, uh, almost like sense of relief watching it. Like, oh, they've finally done it. They've overcome they, like the Richmond just holding in there. And I don't know. I just I drew quite a lot of satisfaction out of watching the game. So, yeah, I thought that was, it was definitely a better game of footy in terms of quality than Carlton Bulldogs was. Fair enough. Number one movie that I saw on the plane. Number one movie of whichever year it was released, in my opinion. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, uh, yeah, to I see haven't it seen again that. For a long time. It is excellent. It is a patented animation style, deservedly so. The thing is beautiful. It's so well written. You have to go see it. Yeah, I, like I have heard a lot of real positives about it. So, you know, I, I, that, that'll, that's definitely on the list. Definitely on the list. It is fantastic. <laughs> and my number one game of the round is a pretty obvious one, Banjo, Port Frio. We won't, <laughs> we won't talk about it too much because we still have to actually talk about the game when we get to it. But a uh, really, really entertaining game of footy. It was uh, fairly high scoring. It was quite open, but it was like um, it, was, it was really tough at the same time. There was a lot of intensity and it was always a game. It was always close whilst there was still kind of momentum swings. So there were moments when you thought, Frio look like they're going to blow it away now, but they'd only get it out to like two or three goals and then it would go back the other way, Port would get in front by a couple of goals and you think, oh, Port are going to open it up now. And it was just a, it was a real tough, tight contest. And then you had the, uh, the great story on top of it of the great man, Michael Walters. So that, that was a lot of fun to watch. And as a passionate Fremantle supporter, as you know I am, <laughs> uh, really, really enjoyed watching that game. Put a big smile on my face, Banjo. Yeah, well, I'm glad glad to hear it. Well, look at this for a segue. We're going to keep talking about how Freo had mm. fought by 21 points. Uh, so, yeah, just keep going. Yeah, oh, I just want to talk about how good Freo are. People are really jumping on Freo now. It's, it's how, kind of... how, how big a believer are you? Uh, look, I, I, I think they'll make the eight. I, yeah. I'm not going much further than that. I, I think they'll make the eight. They're, they've just had a few... Jesse Hogan had a really good game, like a really good game. He, he, really he got back to... to see that because we hadn't really seen much of it from him this year. Yeah, he, he got back to playing a similar role to how he played with us last year where he really got up the ground a lot and almost... I don't think he started a lot in the midfield, but he'd start kind of high half forward. He'd, he'd work up and then he'd work back and lead his opponent back. So he uses his endurance is a real strength yeah but the important thing with jesse with being able to do that is he's such a, a confidence player and he's we've all seen his body language when things yeah. aren't working for him he gets all down when he has a chance to get up and get involved in the game consistently you can just see his confidence lifts and there was like 
there was like a patch in the, I think it was the second quarter where he really got into the game and you could just see his belief grow. And then all of a sudden he was leading strong and he was a real sort of presence out there and made a real difference. And you combine that with old mate Mickey Walters working up the ground. God, he's good, mate. And was I right last week? No, you, were, you, 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 you weren't right, but he is definitely uh, not making you look too stupid at the moment. He is in unbelievable, Nick. Has he owned the competition over the last month, hasn't he? The two game-winning shots, I guess, because he didn't hit one. But uh, And then that game, six goals and 25 touches. That's as good a game as you'll see anyone play, and, really. And his last quarter was off the charts. Like, mm. the first like few minutes of the last quarter, he was just everywhere, just getting the ball. And then he kicked couple of goals as well like it was oh it was unbelievable you'd have to say look regardless of what I said last week this month would be about the best month we've seen from a small forward like it, it has been unbelievable he's just yeah, he can't miss I, he's just perfect he doesn't do anything wrong at the moment it's just unbelievable he's so hot so I feel hot. uncomfortable saying stuff like that without having put any thought into it but I don't yeah. remember anything better like it's it's been unbelievable his last month Especially, charts. especially like just in the moments, because Freo have mm. had close game after close game. One thing I do want to say about Freo is they've had big wins. When you look at it, like yeah. Port's a big win for them, but they've also they've beaten Collingwood away, GWS away. Those are yeah. massive wins in the context. those two are but, huge. Like yeah, yeah. we say like, they're a that's a, we say that's a win a, that indicates that they can actually challenge, not just compete. But yeah, we say they're a, a handful of teams who look a level above. They've beaten two of them on their home decks. Like that's that's pretty impressive. Um, I suppose it does seem like Ross has kind of honed their style a little bit now. Like I think I'm starting to figure it, figure them out a little bit more. From a like a contest point of view, they're still they still like getting numbers around the ball, and it's still quite defensive. But all they've done is they've just added an extra layer of their ability to transition from the back half. Yeah. But that is, there are moments in which they're, when they're using it out of the back half, they are quite bold with their ball movement and they do stream forward and they do run quite aggressively. But once the ball's in a stoppage, then it is quite defensive and there are lots of numbers around and they try not to leak goals in that sense. That, that appears to be the way that they've eventually figured themselves out. I suppose early in the year, if they play that way against another team who likes stoppages and is trying to slow it down like Adelaide it just doesn't yeah. really get out of that area and it just becomes a real slog but when they're given the chance to transition against a more open team like Port Adelaide they're doing it quite well so they, yeah, they, so they seem to have found a balance. More attacking against attacking sides because they rely on the their counter-attack yeah That's well, they, yeah they, they, they have more opportunity to yeah mm. um and like they're yeah they're starting to find like an identity and they're playing some quite like fairly consistent football at the moment which is a uh, it's really exciting to see I think Port Adelaide I uh, I think I agree with you we've said in the past that overall we're pretty positive about what they've been this year um, and they have been whacked with some injuries over the last little period yeah. um, and look apparently Ollie Wines has absolutely dominated the sand for the last couple of weeks yeah, uh, Dixon kicked five a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I think they just didn't want to play him in this week because of the hard surface at Optus. They were just like, we may as well hold him out. Let's not mm. ruin him again. It's not a good sign for Optus when they have teams not picking certain players because no, they're worried about them getting injured. It's a brand new stadium. 
Yeah, uh, I think Rockliffe will miss another week, but he'll eventually be back in, and they'll get a bit more through the midfield going again. Yeah, yeah, I, I largely like the way Port Adelaide have played a bit more yeah, of a positive brand. Yeah, they're six and six, year. and they've got a real platform to build into, to to build into the back half yeah. because they've been smashed by injuries the last month or two, and they're going to get and even they- back as well. There's heaps of upside for them. And this was no disastrous. Like, it was a really good game for three quarters. They'd yeah. be really disappointed with their last. They got utterly flogged in the last quarter, which Frio are doing to a lot of teams at the moment at home. They're just getting a real wave of momentum. And they go, yeah, they got flogged in the clearances was the big thing. Um, but, yeah, like, it, wasn't, it wasn't a bad game of footy by any means. They played some decent footy. It's just, it, was, it was a high-quality game, really. Yeah, and... Yeah, it's one of those things. You will lose those games occasionally when you're playing sides around you. And it was a way. It's not a disastrous loss, but it is one that might hurt them in the back end of the year as they push yeah. the finals. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Let's move on. Bulldogs defeated Carlton by three points. You've got to carry this one because, as I've said, I think five times on this pod, <laughs> I did not watch this game. <laughs> what, what were you up to on Saturday night, Ben? Uh, it was Dad's birthday dinner. Fair uh, excuse. Nah. Terrible excuse. He, he knows how important the pot is. You need to do your research. i got to say, watching Finch hit 150 was probably my second priority if I was going to watch sports. <laughs> I'm, oh, not sure. look, it was, I'm not it was sure going in, I would have known. No, not knowing that this was going to happen, I would have picked to watch this game. Yeah, look, it, it was an experience to watch. I have to say <laughs> that. It was like, early on, it was, it was pathetic. Like, Carlton were just absolutely nowhere near. It was... I think if you look at the actual stats from like the first quarter, it was one of the more dominant quarters of footy you'll ever see from a statistical point of view. Like the dogs just had so much more of the ball. Carlton were, Carlton were nowhere near it. And then like it was towards the end of the second quarter, Carlton just got a little bit into the game. And then the third quarter, they were they were unbelievable. You just couldn't stop them. Daisy was popping goals from 55. Charlie Kerno was popping up all over the place. It was... <laughs> it was ridiculous how well they played. And then start the last quarter, and they're absolutely nowhere near it again. They get utterly flogged for 20 minutes. And then out of nowhere, Carlton kick one goal to make it under five goals. And you just say, all right, there's five minutes left. The game's over. And just kick another and another and another. <laughs> it's like game on again. It was really strange to watch. The game felt like it was over on many occasions. And it just kept having it the way of turning it back the other way. It was, it was really odd. I don't really know what to say about it, Danja. Um, uh, do you take yes. much away from it for either team? Are we looking uh, at Carlton significantly better under Teague? Their results uh, would seem to indicate so. But I don't know. The way they've done it under Teague so far does feel like it's a... Um, they've done it out of emotion or out of adrenaline. No, it's like, just a dead cat bounce. I mean, yeah, it does seem like that. Like, against Brisbane, it was... They were terrible early on, and then yeah. they just had an, and they had one of the greatest individual performances of all time, and they just lifted and played incredibly yeah, well for the true. rest of the game. And then it's this not game, like they didn't have a great individual performance this game either. At this game, at the base level, it was terrible. Like they were not good at all, and then they just had like a couple of patches where they were just unstoppable, just playing off sheer adrenaline. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's a coaching thing or they've changed anything dramatically. It's just. Yeah, they're just playing out of yeah, just crazy momentum. Change up that's allowing yeah. them to be a bit freer. You reckon? Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. I can't see this lasting. And then you combine that with the dogs who have been like, 
You'd have so to say they've been the most yeah, inconsistent team this year, really. I, I, you just can't judge them week to week. Like their best, this game, their best was really, really good, and then they were just went missing for patches as well. It was, it was a game which felt it was less based around you know structures and all of that and how good an actual team is. It was more just based around who had the most emotion at various points, and then it was just up and down. And so I think like looking forward, I don't really take a heat from it. Um, Apart from, like I, I, I said to you before, halfway through the, I think it was maybe second quarter, I was like, I'm really not sure about Charlie Curtin. I, I don't think he's that good. And I was with Liam and he was like, I agree with you. He's no good. And then he bobs up and kicks seven. Um, yeah. Great <laughs> which is generally how it worked out. You're proven wrong so soon. That was just perfect. <laughs> yeah. But nah, not, not much of a game, Banjo. I say let's move on. Okay. Well, let's get to Poochie's mailbag. Only mm-hmm. a couple of questions from the pooch oh. himself because uh, in the disorganisation, we forgot to ask anybody for questions. So I'll ask you the first one. Uh, okay. Are AFL fans, and Gary Lyon in particular, very immature for their reaction to the security at the Marv and their reaction to Sydney Stack and Eddie Betts embracing? So if you, just the vitriol going on around it, have you found it to be immature? Uh Look, I don't know if immature is the right word. I, I, I think it's just... I think both of them are just a big media beat-up. It's just been yeah. completely blown out of proportion. We, we've already talked about the Sydney Stack, Eddie Bed stuff. But the whole crowd control stuff, like, I don't think they've really done anything different. It's just... It's just people are noticing it now. Like, it's pathetic on Saturday night when they just kept showing the bloody security in the aisles. There's always security in the aisles. So it's just... They're just people are just pointing it out now, and then someone will take a photo of the crowd behaviour and forces or whatever. They've probably been there all year. I don't know. Just no one's cared about it to this point. It's just I think it's a real nothing story that people have just completely blown out of proportion. Um, what was the the big one was the the bald headed flog that they said about the umpire, and it was given a warning and nothing else. Like I don't care. Like I just I, I really don't care about this story. It's just been completely overdone and everyone's just jumping on the hype wagon. So I don't know about immature, but it's been silly. It's definitely been silly. Yeah, I'm very excited for this to go away. I don't think it matters that much. And if people start behaving better at the football, it's not a bad thing. Like, just just don't be a dick and you'll be fine. Yeah, like, exactly. Just, your, your experience of the footy will be perfectly fine. Like, yeah, move on, everyone. And they will. <laughs> Within a week or two, we'll forget this ever happened. We just Banjo. need another story. That's what we need. Yes, yeah, we need another coach to be sacked. <laughs> Banjo, question for you, hearing your opinion on this side of things. Should excessive pinching be a suspendable offence? Honestly, yes, I think you should be suspended. I think it should like, be suspendable to complain about pinching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, like, what's he doing? It's not a part of the game. It's just antagonistic. It's doing nothing but trying to hurt somebody. It should be stamped out. There, if you find them, it's not really anything but a slap on the wrist, and it, it's a tacit endorsement of it. He's got to be suspended. He should be suspended for the stomp he had as well. The it's just unacceptable. And flipping the bird to the crowd, <laughs> he had a real bad. Oh, night I didn't him. realize he flipped the bird to the crowd. Oh, yeah. that's hilarious. Yeah, he's, he's had a fine for that as well. What, um, a, what uh, a captain! It is- yeah, it is a real bad look for your captain. A real bad look. Like, in all seriousness, like, I've cracked my well, kind of gags about it. But, like, <laughs> that's not good. Hawthorne would be really, really disappointed with him. And, and, like, it's quite clear that this is not – he didn't just have a bad night. He's been doing this sort of stuff 
Yeah, probably his whole um, career, Melksham, really. People just notice it now. Yeah, Melksham came out and said, yeah, he pinched me a fair bit when he was playing on me. And it's just like, huh, if people are like, just willing to come out and say it, they must not be happy about it because there's normally and, like a player's code with that sort of stuff. I don't, but, I don't remember who it was with, but it, it came up a couple of weeks ago with another Stratton incident. Like, it, like he's clearly been doing it for a long time, so it is a real bad look for him. And it's actually it will tarnish his reputation at least for a fair period of time because he's a pretty well respected player. Yeah, but, I'm um, mildly surprised he hasn't been clocked. To be honest, like I, I'm surprised he hasn't copped more attention going the other way because it's the kind of stuff that I would think could really, really have people standing. But you mean this week or in general? Like no, I just in general, like if he's been doing it for a long time, I would have thought he'd be receiving yeah, yeah. retribution all the time for it because it had because, pissed me yeah. off so much. And it's a massive deal has been made out of it this week. Like he's yeah. copped it real bad. But yeah, it is amazing that it hasn't been mentioned prior to that when it is quite clear that he has been doing it. So yeah, that's a bit weird. But anyway, are we? Is that end of Pucci's mailbag? It is. It is. Unless you got a battle situation for me. I do, Banjo. That's why oh. I was asking. I always have one, Banjo. This one's mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> like red, point. red foo. Remember red foo, man. I that do. Flog. Man, from the hit dated Victoria Azarenka. Yes, from the hit musical duo LFMAO. I didn't even remember that was their name. But every time he lands a punch, he has to sing the line "I'm sexy and I know it" from his hit 2011 song. Versus Billy Ray Cyrus, but he cannot bend his knees or elbows and thus must use alternative fighting techniques. <laughs> I'm going to back in Red Boo. I yeah, don't sure. I'm say I'm sexy and I know it is that big of an impediment. Exactly. Go. I, <laughs> I 100% agree with I, you. I, I think I would, I, in all honesty, I think that's how he fights naturally. I don't think that's even a, that's the, what, what's the battle situation with unexpected, hand, that's not an unexpected handicap for Red Boo. That's just how he works. Do you, I reckon if anything it would negative Billy Ray Cyrus because he'd probably have a bit of a chuckle. Like it would be a very amusing thing to be happening. Yeah, he'd probably have a laugh same, about it, put him off. In the same way, if Billy Ray Cyrus came at you without being able to bend his arms, he bend his elbows and his knees, that would have me rolling on the floor laughing. That would be hilarious. That's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But that, that is a big impediment. Not being able to bend your elbows and oh, knees. That's this huge. Is, this Waddling over and stringing his hairs. That's that's massive. No, nah, yeah, this is one of the more one-sided situations yeah. we've had. Yeah, like Slightly it sounds amusing, but then when you actually try to analyze them. Yeah, no, nah, not great. Um, we, we, as everybody knows, <laughs> we put these through very, very, various rigorous tests to see who would <laughs> So, come on, guys, lift your, lift your output. I'll try but to it, find a better one next week. They're going to start <laughs> posting again. They haven't posted in ages. You should send them a message. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, thanks for listening to the Plebs on Footy podcast. I think we'll do it again next week. Um, it was a bit of a we'll see how we go. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep chipping away. I might have watched even less football, but we'll, we'll bring the people what they want. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening.